Today's program has been brought to you by GreatBrewers.com, a social media marketing platform dedicated to promoting the world's great brewers and the beers they create. For more information, visit GreatBrewers.com. I'm Grace Bonney of After the Jump, and you're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. It's June 10th, 2014. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 and the Good Beer Seal. Thanks to our sponsors, GreatBrewers.com, a comprehensive website aimed at bringing the beer community together. So I'm here with my good buddy, Dave Roderick, back in town after, after so long, the blind tiger owner who's uh, basically taking over Vermont with his worthy burger, worthy kitchen. Welcome back, Dave. I haven't seen you hey, in Jimmy. months. Hey, Jimmy. Good to see you. I know. It's been a while. Terrible. Terrible. So you, you, you've uh, tell us about what's going on with, with Worthy Burger because one, one part of the show today, July Good Beer Month is coming up in New York City, and uh, the thing that started all our, our Good Beer Seal. We're talking about uh, expanding to places like Toronto and Vermont where there's there's new beer scenes, and also a guest tonight we have Tomas from Barvolo in Toronto, a good buddy, and uh, a, a chef from South Carolina, and we've got a lot to talk about World of Beer. So, cool. yeah, what's going on in Vermont, man? It's uh, it's warmer. Finally, long winter, and uh, so the restaurants are all heating up. Not just ours, but everybody's, thank God. And uh, it's been great. I mean, uh, a lot of great beer being made, a lot of uh, expansions going on. Um, a lot of the stuff that was hard to get before is now a little more available. So, uh, you know, the Lawson Hill uh, Alchemist train uh, is expanding. So, so it's been great. A lot, of go- a lot going on. It's great to be there. Uh, but it's nice to visit New York City every once in a while. Yeah, it's good to have you back. And uh, let's add a Tomas. So, Tomas, uh, just say a little about yourself. I, I've, I met you a few years ago with the, the guys from Duda Ciel. We <laughs> had a beer dinner today? at Jimmy's number 43. Tomas Morana, Barbolo. Uh, tell us about what's going on in Toronto and how, how you got – you had your family had a restaurant and you turned it into a beer bar, right? Yeah, my, uh, my mom and dad opened up uh, Cafe Volo in uh, 1985. Uh, it started off as an Italian restaurant, just making my grandmother's food, uh, classic Southern Italian. Then about 10 years ago, I think we made the shift to craft beer, and it just really spun the restaurant into a complete different direction. Um, now we're not really a restaurant at all. We've got 32 taps, six cask ales, um, running an import company, and uh, one of the largest cask festivals in North America. Wow, oh, that's great, man. And our other guests, let's make sure we introduce everybody first. Uh, a chef from South Carolina, uh, Brandon Carter, the executive chef at the Inn at Palmetto Bluff in South Carolina. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so tell us a little bit what, what, what you've been doing with beer uh, at your restaurants in well, South Carolina. I, mean, I, I like to drink a lot of beer, but um, you know, other than that, we, we, um, you know, we, 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 we have this festival that we do in November that's called uh, Music Your Mouth. So we had this uh, opportunity to uh, to bring in a lot of uh, the brewers from uh, around the country, and also some of our local brewers like uh, you know River Dog and you know, Westbrook and, and things like that. Um, yeah, we, we've been playing around with some uh, beer dinners that we do with uh, a local restaurant on, on Hilton Head Island uh, that we've been. It's an annual craft beer dinner 
this last one we we did with uh, Stone and Allagash and Avery, um, but we we paired all Mexican foods with it. It was a uh, it was blow away. All right. So one thing I want to talk about today. So in 2009, a bunch of us New York City beer bar owners, including Dave Broderick, Ray Dieter, uh, formerly of DBA, and, and and Jimmy's Number 43, got together and created a group called the Good Beer Seal. And uh, one reason was that there was the first New York City uh, New York Craft Beer Festival in 2008. And we felt that, hey, we, we do Beer Week every week. You know, we're dedicated to, to tastings and education, and we always have the best beers. And it's not something we just do once a year. So we came up with this thing called the Good Beer Seal. And from that, we started this radio show. Um, but we're starting to think about what to do with it next because we've, we've got over 50 places in, in the New York area. And we're not necessarily going to be a, you know, what, what, what is this group? We're not necessarily going to be a Zagat or a, a Michelin star. But we, we have tried to create some community with small, independently owned beer bars. And uh, recently, uh, Tomas, one of your, your regulars who also listens to uh, Beer Sessions Radio from Toronto, came in and we started <laughs> talking. And he said, why don't you expand the Good Beer Seal to Toronto? And I said, well, let's do it. Let's invite Tomas down for a show. Yeah. <laughs> let's have Dave Broderick on because you're part of the new craft beer scene in Vermont. Yep. And let, let, let's think about what does a Good Beer Seal mean? Because, you know, th- there's a lot of breweries. There's breweries, guilds. You know, wine producers have their alliances. But us as small, you know, beer bar, beer restaurant owners, we don't really have, have much of a way to distinguish ourselves, you know? Um, I don't know, Dave, you've, you've been part of that. And how, how, what do, how do you feel about that in terms of your, your role in Blind Tiger and, and as you go forward in Vermont with your Worthy Burger places? Yeah, I, th- I think it's a, actually a great idea because it just, first and foremost, it makes us think, think about what makes a great beer bar. And, uh, you know, when, when I came up to, when I moved up to Vermont, I wasn't really planning on doing anything up there um, commercially. And, but there were, really wasn't, I had to drive up to Montpelier to Three Penny to, to get a good beer. So it was 45 minutes. So we finally decided to do something there. And then, you, then I started thinking, okay, well, you know, what kind of place? How are we going to do it? And, and, uh, and really, it, it, it just made me it, it sort of bring everything I did to the Tiger, you know, remove the stuff I didn't like and, and, and add in a few things, and, but really sort of streamline it and, and make it simple. But what, what is it? You know, it made me sit down and think about what makes a great beer bar and, uh, and sort of revisit that you know, 15 years later. So it was a great experience for me, and I, I think you know when we sat down to figure out good beer sales, the same thing. You know what? You know what does this mean when you when you give somebody a good beer seal? What does that mean? And so we sort of came came up with our whole mission statement, and and uh, and I think it still stands, and I think it's a it's a great thing to take on the road. I think other places would really respond to it, other cities and states. So, so, so in this journey for you, when you went to Vermont, opening Worthy Burger, Worthy Kitchen. What are some of the guidelines that you felt made a place a, a, a good beer bar restaurant worthy of good beer city? You know, it, it was, you know, obviously it starts, one of the things is, is focusing on, you know, what kind of beers you're going to sell and, uh, you know, who you gravitate towards and, and, uh, and building those relationships. I mean, it, to me, it's, it, it's always about, you know, selling people's product that I, that I you know, I really like it and uh, I like what they're doing. I like what they're about. Um, so it starts sort of with that focus. And then in terms of the presentation, you know, uh, obviously we always talk about clean lines and, and, uh, um, you know, temperatures, uh, glassware, all those things. And, 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 but even, I guess most important of all is like knowledgeable people serving it to you that can tell you some of the stories, uh, about the beer more and more. We, we focus on that. 
Um, I think that's super important. Um, again, we're very, you know, we're independent. We're a small company. Um, not not many people. You, so. you almost start a migration to Vermont. I mean, a number of your Blind Tiger employees have moved to Vermont, right? Yeah, that's just because we needed knowledgeable people <laughs> up there. Um, and it's it's such a we're in rural Vermont. It's it's not easy to find um, people that want to do what we're doing. So uh, it's nice to have people that come from, um, you know, uh, come from the Tiger and have had a lot of uh, experience and 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 get to go up there and sort of help train our staff. And they really, you know, uh, Ian and Jana have really done an amazing job um, coming from the Tiger, moving to the middle of nowhere. And, and really taking a lot of people under their wings to, to really help them along. And, and it, it just, you know, they have a lot of passion about it, and, and they really, it's infectious. And, uh, and so it really helps uh, get the staff excited and the customers. Because you've got to train, you know, yeah. you're really training the customers, ultimately. And uh, it takes a while. When we first opened Worthy Burger, the first place, I, nobody, the, nobody even knew what Hill Farmstead was. You know, and I'm like, how could you not, you know, it's an hour and a half away <laughs> And how could you not have ever heard of it? Um, and so it was, it was kind of eye-opening. I felt like it was 1996 again, and I was starting over from scratch with our clientele. And, uh, and it took it, it was much less than in 96. It took about three or four months to get the clientele up to where they were really um, pretty, you know, their palates just, they started to recognize good from bad and, and, uh, and started to demand other things. When they first came in, they were asking for, Whatever, yeah. And then after a while, they they knew what to well, ask. Fast for. fast forward to 2014 in Vermont. I, I you were talking about some of the breweries that there's people that will go and wait in line for 10 hours for a beer release. I don't want to wait in line for anything, but I, I'd much rather go to a, 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 a good, good good bar or restaurant where I can sit and have food and and uh, have a curated selection of, of beer. What are some of the places in Vermont that if I go up to Vermont this summer? That I would that I would like to go and have a beer with some food. I mean, there's like they they call uh, Route 89 goes um, kind of cuts right across the state in half. It starts in New Hampshire and then comes into Vermont, and I think there people call it the IPA Highway now. And but it actually starts further south. Whetstone Tavern down in Brattleboro um, is uh, making beer and and selling other people's beer. Um, you know, that's your first stop, and then you then you come up to us. We're in Woodstock and South Royalton. And then, uh, and then you go up to Montpelier. Uh, Three Penny obviously stands out. Positive Pie is there as well. And then uh, you get to Waterbury, which is like you know central. And uh, you've got Pro Pig and Blackback and uh, a bunch of other places there. And then you get to Burlington, and you got the Farmhouse Tap and Grill. So it's just like it, there's a ton of places. Yeah. And and. Uh, and so it's great. It's really, it's just changed. Since I've been there, I've had a house up there since 2000. And it's just completely different place, beer-wise and food-wise. Both of them have come on so strong. So, uh, and it's, but they, it's still very uniquely Vermont. Both the beer and the food is a real, um, you know, it just has its own, you know, voice and character and stuff, which makes it, like, even more fun. And it's, you know, we're in the midst of farms. So that kind of changes things, too. And, and you, as a as a beer bar owner in Vermont, so you have access to all the best Vermont beers too, which is nice. <laughs> well, like Lawson's Finest. And yes. Hill. Yeah. Now it's so it's, we don't have to wait in line at those breweries. You don't go have to, to one of your bars. You can just come to one of our bars, you know. And and you know, I never say that to Sean or Sean, <laughs> but yes, if you don't want to wait in line for five hours, you can just come and 
grab a burger and drink a beer. So Tomas, so tell us about Toronto. So same kind of thing. So you know, you know, you you help change your family's restaurant in, in, into a beer bar, and you're, and you're running cast festivals. So tell us more about the, the Toronto beer scene and what what you think is worthy about it to, to make let the good beer seal go up to Toronto and start giving out some awards. Oh man, the last uh, the last five years in in Toronto has been unbelievable change. I think finally Toronto starting to feel that craft beer movement. Um, five years ago, it really didn't exist. There was a few pockets, a few bars here and there, and it was such a niche market. And now there's so many people from all ends of life, the wine world, the food world, coming together for craft beer, which is really exciting to see. Bars are opening up every week. Cask engines are being installed in almost every bar is becoming a, a normal. Uh, it's a really exciting time, and it's very different from when I was working the bar when I was a bit younger to now is the, the customer and the education and the knowledge of the customer has really changed. So uh, I read about what, what's going on in Toronto. There were some issues with the distribution, and th- th- it seemed like for a while it was only the, the ma- major uh, Canadian breweries were controlling most of the, the yeah, lines I think, and things. I, I think uh, the... The one thing about Toronto and Ontario specifically is that we're limited to what options are available to us. Um, For people that don't know about Ontario, uh, Ontario is uh, under kind of a monopoly distribution. Uh, It's government-run, the LCBO. And I think that was part of the reason what drove my father and my mother to pursue different beer. It was not really satisfied with the options that were available to us. We couldn't get a great American beer. We couldn't get beer from Europe. We were just whatever was available on the shelf at the you know government retail stores or the handful of small distributors, and it was mainly larger breweries. And uh, part of the reason why we started an import company and we started to bring in our own beers. So that's what you did first? You started an import company? Yeah, I, um, my, I should probably credit my father, Ralph, and uh, Ina Morana for doing that. And I think that was part of the reason, because uh, they just were unhappy with the, the selection that was available to us. Craft brewers in Ontario at the time were not taking risks. Now it's a much different story. Ontario craft brewers are doing great stuff. But at the time, it was you know very mediocre. There wasn't a lot of excitement going on. And the product availability wasn't there. And so we just decided, you know what, why don't we go to the source and bring in stuff ourselves? That's great. Well, you're wearing a, a hat with a, a, a cast cutout, <laughs> and your shirt says cast days. Yeah. And I know you're serious about beer. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I'm pretty serious and, about beer. And you've beer. got six casks. That's a lot of... Six casks? Six, I mean, six cask engines. It's like, that's a lot of... Yeah, it's, it's an unreal thing that cask beer has really exploded in Toronto. Um... I don't know if you guys know about cast days and the history of it, but it was uh, kind of an idea that my dad started in 2005. Um, started off with 20 firkins on the patio of our bar. You know, beers were okay. Half of them were unservable. Um, <laughs> you know? And, you know, fast forward, you know, we're going into our 10th year. And last year we had 250 firkins from across Canada and the U.K., and it was it's incredible you know it's this this movement of cast beer has really exploded in toronto um i i don't want to say ralph's the only one that has to do with that but uh, you that's, know the that's brewers a, that's uh, a huge amount of beer that's a huge amount of beer a, a lot of firkins or not, yeah. that's 250 kegs that's amazing 
And what's cool about it, I think, too, it wasn't just about cask beer, is that it it stimulated brewers to experiment outside of their kind of normal, you know, mind, you know, I'm going to make a dark ale, a red ale, a wheat ale. And then all of a sudden, cask day is really, I think, it enticed brewers to experiment and make one-offs. And I think that's where the idea of one-offs and creating new stuffs specifically for an event really came out of it because no one was no one was doing anything like that. So, Tomas, why should we uh, expand the Good Beer Seal to Toronto? What places are worthy of it there? I think Toronto is such a, a hidden gem in the beer scene. You know, there's there's so many you know unique parts of the world where brewing culture is really popular. I think Toronto's uh, that kind of percolating scene that's next in line. It's that hidden gem that, um, you know, it's there's a lot of great breweries in Ontario that are starting to make beer that's, you know, IPA specifically. You know, before, you know, people from Ontario were really keen on traveling to Buffalo. That was a thing. Go to, go to Buffalo for the weekend, pick up as much American craft beer as you can. And I think... Now a lot of the local breweries are really starting to make beers that are comparable. Um, in, in terms of your question was about the well, beer scene in Toronto. The establishments for the, for the bars and restaurants serving good beer. It's uh, it's pretty amazing. I think Toronto's got a really tight scene um, in terms of you know the beer. I think Toronto's a weird place where I think it was the beer bars that really pushed the craft beer industry. Whereas in some it was the brewers. I think beer bars really said, like, listen, bring us new product. We want new stuff, new stuff that's exciting for our customers. Um, beer bars, I guess, in, that are notable in Toronto. Um, you know, it can't go without saying the classics. Definitely, you know, Say What and Beer Bistro are, are on that list. Um, bar Hop and uh, Versed Beer Hall are uh, some pretty cool spots. Uh, recently, which a lot of New Yorkers have heard of, is uh, Bellwoods Brewery that just opened up on uh, Ossington. And I, I think they're really that kind of new age brewer that's pushing those boundaries. Um, the first Ontario brewery to really make Belgian beer, so I think that's what makes them so unique. But a really cool brew pub. I think you should uh, come to Toronto and check it out, Jimmy. <laughs> See, that's the other reason we should do this, because then we can get to go to these places. That's the whole point of it. I, yeah. I, I, knew, I knew that was it. We'll go on the road, you know? Beautiful. World, All right, hey. World tour. We're going to take a short, well, including the South, man. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions with you. Like good beer. Whether you're a craft beer pro or just had your first sip of an IPA, GreatBrewers.com is your number one beer resource on the internet. GreatBrewers.com bridges the gap between the world's great brewers and the consumers who enjoy their products. With so much information and misinformation out there, GreatBrewers.com focuses on education and leaves no stone unturned. Take the great beer test on their website and browse through an extensive product catalog. Download their mobile beer cloud app, which includes a GPS beer finder, a beer sommelier, and descriptions for over 5,000 different brews. What are you waiting for? Back up that passion for craft beer with some solid information and education. Visit greatbrewers.com today. Hey, 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 this is uh, Beer Session Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey, July Good Beer Month is coming up. It's going to be the sixth year. We've got a lot of things going on, including our, our good friends at uh, Coney Island on Tap 
It's going to be uh, one of the bigger beer festivals in New York City in a while. It's July 12th. It's at the, the Coney Island uh, the ballpark where the Brooklyn Cyclones play. It's going to be pretty cool. Over 100 different breweries, including some of our friends from Avery, Bayou Tesh, Captain Lawrence, Cricket Hill, Omegang, Kelso, Lagunitas, Radiant Pig, Perennial from St. Louis, and, and many more. And uh, we've been talking with the guys, uh, Coney Island on tap. I think it's going to be a pretty good uh, signature uh, beer festival for It's a our, great spot, yeah. too. That park our, is beautiful. Yeah, I mean, I imagine, like, being in a baseball stadium and having a beer festival. Do you guys have anything like that in, uh, in South Carolina? Anyone doing uh, beer festivals in baseball stadiums? <laughs> uh, not, nothing quite like that that I know of. But, uh, you know, in Bluffton, where we're at, we, uh, there's this great culture of, uh, of festivals. And, you know, whether it's the, uh, the, the, the craft beer festival in Bluffton or uh, Savannah or, you know, oyster festivals, there's always the beer flows. Um, you know, we got, we're drinking uh, one of my one of my favorites right now. I've actually never had this one, but Westbrook is uh, is definitely one of my favorite breweries out of South Carolina. Uh, the One Claw. Yeah, it's, it's one that we're able to get up here. Yeah, I, yeah. I've had a lot of Westbrook. Yeah, their goes has been it sells like crazy it's up delicious. here. And this, this is really nice. It's got like almost like a little fruity. You yeah, know, with, with the with the rye, a little spice. Yeah, it gets a little bit, a little, a little sweetness, yeah. and uh, the bitter uh, kicks in in the end. But what do you, so? So, what, what about beer festivals, Dave? I mean, we, we've had such a great time over the years going up to Cooperstown, Belgium, awesome. Cooperstown. Um, you guys are what's going on in Vermont this summer? Uh, well, we've got the you know we always have the Vermont Brewers Fest, which obviously I think now it sells out in about ninety seconds. You know, it used to take days and weeks to sell all the tickets, so. Uh, just because of what's going on up there now, it's super popular. And now there's a there's a I just found out this weekend there's a I think it's called a pub house jam in uh, Bolton Valley, um, and it's going to be uh, another it's Labor Day weekend, I think August thirtieth, and uh, it's you know features Alchemist, Hill Farmstead, Lawson, uh, Trillium just got invited, Treehouse, some of the hot you know New England breweries. Uh, are going to be there. So it sounds like it's going to be pretty incredible. And I think Mad Taco uh, is going to be doing the food. Oh, that's great. So it'll be really that's nice. awesome. Well, I'll tell you, for, for New York, for the this will be the sixth annual July Good Beer Month, we're really excited to be partnering with Coney Island on Tap. It's ConeyIslandOnTap.com, July 12th at the uh, Brooklyn Cyclones uh, Stadium in Coney Island. And that's that's a great location for a beer fest. You know, you're going to be there at historic Coney Island. And they've done a great job. They, I think they're also part of a Saratoga Beer Week you know, they're, they're a new group that's uh, producing a lot of beer festivals. So we're excited to have a signature beer event for July Good Beer Month in New York City. So Colony Island on tap. Check it out. All right. So here we are. We got, we got, we're talking about expanding the Good Beer City. We're talking about beers in Toronto and Vermont, but also in the South. So w- w- what are some of the other things that you guys do down South? I mean, you're Southern people. You well, have good restaurants. And you're in South Carolina, which is, which is a great place. I mean, I, I've been to Charleston. I love it. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, you know, the Low Country right now is a is a special place to be. You know, the, the awareness uh, for the you know, great beer is on the the rise. Um, we have a, a ton of great breweries popping up. What I think is coolest for me is that, you know, like the one brewery that we have in in our town, uh, River Dog. You know, they're not they're not scared to get out on, on the limb and you know try some different things and. You know, and, and to fail at some of them, and, and to make really awesome things with others, um, it was cool. We the, the the festival we do in November, music to your mouth. Um, we the past couple of years we've uh, we've had uh, Pappy Van Winkle there to uh, 
you know, do uh, bourbon cruises and stuff like that. Um, well, we leveraged that relationship. We got a Pappy uh, bur- bourbon barrel, and we uh, we gave it to uh, to River Dog, and they did a, a quad uh, that was a Pappy barrel aged. So, and we uh, we served it at the event. It was incredible. You need to bring us some of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's all gone. <laughs> well, Branson, you're, you're the chef. You're, you're a chef of. Tell us what you do as a chef because. You're up here. What are you doing in New York City? If you're a chef well, in South Carolina, he's, li- he's living the life of Riley. Yeah, exactly. Right <laughs> I'm, going, I'm living going on a, the he's TV going to, shows or something. He's going yeah. to per se tonight. Yeah, I am. Uh, yeah, I'm living a lifestyle that I can't afford. But <laughs> um, so we're up here. We're doing uh, music to your mouth. We took it on on uh, on tour, sort of. Um, so we're we're taking it to different communities around the, the country. You know, started in Austin. Uh, we did an event here last night with Food Republic, uh, with Sean Brock um, at uh, Little Al. I think it was called. Um, oh, Little Al, it's a great yeah, place. Yeah. Little Al. Um, we had an incredible event. You know, we really celebrated Southern food. Um, you know, and we came together and we you know we shared the room. Um, so we, we got this, and then we're going to uh, to North Carolina afterwards. Um, you know, it's it's just a, you know it's a, it's about taking it around and sharing it with other people. You know, whether it's you know great beer, brews or you know good food. And what, what kind of foods have you been doing? Like you know, when you go to these places, what are you bringing them? Like, what are you showing them? Uh, you know, I, I always like to showcase when I when I walk outside of my restaurant and I, I look in to the in the front, I see the May River, right, and I can see the oyster beds that that I get my oysters from. You know, and next to those oyster beds are the, the you know where the clams are. Yeah, blue crabs, stone crabs. So, when I go other places, I you know I want to share those things that I feel are like are, are special, um, you know, about where we're from with other people. So, you know, for instance, last night we did a uh, we did a clam ceviche that was uh, with clams from Bulls Creek, you know, and it's, like I said, I could see that from my front door, um, it, which is a, it's an incredible beer dish, too. Uh, you know the the brightness from the uh, the the lime and you know the salinity of the the clams and uh, and whatnot. We we did like fried uh, corn with it too, so it was a little toasty. Wow! Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know the, one of these other the, this other beer right here, the yellow pills. Yeah, you, a couple of those ice cold on a porch. You know, somewhere in South Carolina. But you know what's cool when, when it's you, hot. When you say yellow pills, I think it's a southern beer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know, well, I think everybody knows where it's from. It's right. coming from North Carolina now. <laughs> yeah, well, they're making it there already. Oscar Blues. I'm, get, I'm sure they are. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I, they must. So now be. Our, our Colorado Brew is a, a Southern brewery too. So, so the uh, it's cool. We oh, the the event that we're going to do in uh, in North Carolina is at Lake James, which is right outside of uh, Asheville. Um, oh man, and y- y'all know about the great breweries that are in Asheville, so. Uh, I just had some wicked weed yesterday. Uh, we were there, um, I don't know, maybe three months ago, and that wicked weed was one of the places uh, we hit. What a great facility! Is it really? Yeah, I, it's incredible. Uh, you know, they have a they have a great uh, restaurant there, and then they they have another tasting room downstairs with with uh, some uh, more. So uh, what, are, what, are your, what are your favorite stuff? dishes to cook? Let's say we did a beer dinner tonight at my place. <laughs> let's let's say. Can we? We could. We could do it right I mean, now. We could make that happen. Right? Yeah, like like a five course beer dinner, you know, with your, you know, Southern Carolina regional influences. Wow, you know, 
You uh, can start light to strong. So, a simple, basic beer pairing, but pick like a five-course progression. I'm putting you on the spot, but okay. I know you can do this in like five minutes. Yeah, it's fine. I, yeah. I mean, I've, been, I've been training for this my whole life. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm definitely going to start off with some oysters, right? Uh, Thank you. And uh, we're 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 probably we're going to taste the beer. We're going to see what uh, what what kind of notes. I'm writing this down. Okay, good. <laughs> but, but oysters. I'm, but I'm thinking that, that I want to get some like coriander or cilantro, you know, cilantro in there to kind of to brighten that up uh, and find a beer that'll play nice with that. Maybe serve that with a goza. A Be a nice coriander. start. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Awesome. Yeah. Westbrook goza. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, let's see. Second course. I, I think we. I, I feel like we need to do something that's not that's veg, vegetarian, right? Not necessarily. I think we need, right. we need a we need a all po- right. We'll do a little veggie. We need a poached egg with it, though. Ah, uh. right. So uh, you know what? Skip that. Let's do a gumbo. Mm. Really? Let's do a gumbo, right? Let's celebrate like the the, the great okra that's going to be in season here in just a little bit. You know, we're, we're not going to make it too spicy. Uh, but what's what's filet? Is filet something to do with combo? Yeah, filet filet powder is uh, uh, from sassafras uh, tree. It's uh, I believe they make it from the bark, but it's it's dried and ground. And uh, I'm sorry, it's from, made from the root. But uh, they you, you put it in the gumbo, and it uh, it thickens it up a little bit, the same way that like the okra does or the um, so when you make a gumbo what, what's your base like do you start with certain ingredients well I, the most important thing is you got to start with a great stock you know so depending on what you're doing uh you know you, you kind of um that's the direction you go so you know if i'm if i'm doing uh seafood gumbo i'm probably going to go with a, like a shrimp stock but it's got to be rich you know and, and kind of so let's say seafood gumbo is our second course Dave, what beer would you pair with a seafood gumbo? So it's not going to be super spicy. It's going to be just sort of warm, not, warming kind of. Yeah, it's not going to be super spicy. It's going to be more about like the nuttiness of the roux, and uh, you know, and the, the the seafood that's in it. So maybe like a pale, you know, a pale ale that's got uh, you know a pretty clean one. Maybe just a little bit of hop to it. You know, just a like uh, pick, pick a label. Oh, oh, pick a label. Yeah. Does it have to be a southern label or is no, it? It could be anything. Could be anything. <laughs> um, well, I'll, I'll pick one that uh, I had this weekend. Uh, the Treehouse Brewing Company, their uh, Tornado Pale is pretty awesome. It's really super clean. Not a lot of bitterness, but a lot of hot flavor. Um, and uh, unfiltered. And it just it's a really nice beer. It would be perfect. Okay, third course. All right, third course. Let's do, uh, let's do buttermilk fried quail. All right. So we'll do buttermilk cr- uh, fried quail with... Uh, with creamed uh, collard greens. All right. Tomas, what would you pair that with? Oh, it's kind of like fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> what would you pair with fried chicken? A style of beer. Fried chicken with a style of beer. I don't know, Jimmy. <laughs> I'm not good with food pairings. <laughs> what would you do, Jimmy? Yeah, I would, would say do, a Jimmy? wheat beer. <laughs> a wheat beer? Some kind of wheat beer. Or, uh, with fried chicken, yeah. Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I used to say that they had a, have a go-to. I said German wheat beers of any style went, went, went well with any food. And, and, and it's a blanket statement, but I'll stand by it because I feel like that German beers, especially the wheat beers, were meant to drink with food. So. And especially fried food. Yeah. So that actually would, yeah, verse, you know, would work pretty well. Oh, yeah. what, what do they call them when you pat? I'm like schnitzels, right? Schnitzel. Yeah, yeah. yeah fried quail <laughs> schnitzel. All right. Yeah. Hold on a second. We'll be back in a few minutes. We'll, we'll talk more about beer pairings, and uh, we'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. All right. All right. All right. We got the- 
Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Thanks to our host, Roberta's Pizza in Bushwick, Brooklyn. We're here every week on Tuesdays. We love it here. You guys do a great job. And uh, we love eating here every Tuesday after oh, our show. I always That's look half forward the to show, it. right? Exactly. We come in, we have a beer at the bar. Then we I mean, do our show. It would be almost be great if we could sort of tape that part, too, you know, when we're <laughs> sitting around. It doesn't change. And then and tonight, our, our, our Heritage Radio Network founder, Patrick Martins, with Mike Edison, uh, it's their launch of... Their, their Carnivore's Manifesto book will be in the backyard, Roberta's. They'll be tasting a lot of Heritage Foods USA uh, hams like uh, the Suriano, which is like mm. a, amazing. There's so much I great stuff going on Suriano. here, Roberta's and Heritage Radio. It's you got to come out if you haven't been. And also, July Goober Month coming up one more time. Our friends at Coney Island on tap. July 12th, it's going to be the signature event of July Goodbeer Month. It's going to be in Coney Island at the Brooklyn Cyclone Stadium. Very cool. So check that out. We're going to be pushing that all month. Because we're trying to push July Good Beer Month, and uh, we're talking about Good Beer Seal expanding to Toronto, possibly in Vermont, and we're and we're with uh, our chef from uh, South Carolina, Brandon Carter from the Palmetto Bluff in uh, South Carolina. Let's finish our. Uh, you did. We did a five course pair menu. He's sweating it out, but we're doing it. We got through the three. The first one was oysters with a goza. The second one was a seafood gumbo with a pale ale that Dave suggested. The third one uh, was a fried quail. And we said it would be a German wheat. So what, what would be a fourth course, All Chef? Right, so I, He's like the beer chef now. So Brandon Carr, he's on a tour. Like, <laughs> what, is he going to be on Oprah and uh, Good Morning America? Oh, yeah, definitely. But uh, he's, he's here on Beer Sessions Radio. It's pretty cool. So uh, fifth course, I think, is, needs to be. Actually, Oprah's fourth. coming on next, next month. Because, Oprah's coming on? Yeah, because yeah. she wants to talk about beer now. Oh, excellent. Everybody wants to talk about Beer Sessions Radio. See, they're all climbing on board now. Yeah. <laughs> you got Jack Inslee and... Since Jack Inslee came back to the studio, our... Everybody wants to yeah. be here now. So, fifth course is going to be dessert. So, on... on, on fourth, fourth course. Fourth course. Right. They're fried quail. Right. So, so fourth, we're going to... Did I you think, jump the gun? Did you put their fried quail... Should have been third or fourth course? No, no, no. It, it's good. It's good at third, because we're going to progress into this. Um, so, I think that for fourth course, we need to get nasty a little bit, you know? We need to, like, get on the charcoal grill, you know, um, and... Uh, and and get, and get some of those smoky flavors, uh, that backyard feel going. Um, now we could either do it with a with a big steak, or we could go with lamb. What do y'all think? Oh, lamb! I think lamb's the way to go too, for sure. I'm gonna tell you what we uh, we get this lamb, and it's from. Tomas, are you getting hungry? I'm getting hungry. See, he's Italian; he gets hungry all the time, just like me. <laughs> so we we get this lamb from Virginia. I know Jack's hungry. <laughs> Fried quiz. Oysters, seafood gumbo, right? fried quail. <laughs> I make myself myself hungry sometimes. <laughs> you know, years ago, when I, I think I went for my first job, Lydia Bastianis, that that great, renowned American chef, mm. uh, we talked briefly, and she said, she said, you know, if if I was going to find out who gets to go to cooking school. I'd sit them down and put a, put a plate of cookies in front of them. And the kids that grabbed the cookies would get into cooking school. The kids that didn't wouldn't get into cooking school. So <laughs> I think we're all on the same page here. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, I, I, my, my general rule of thumb is, like, cook what you like to eat, right? So if you're not a fat kid, then you probably can't be a chef. <laughs> <laughs> What's our fourth course? Nasty charcoal uh, grill. So, smoky. yeah, let's, let's charcoal grill some lamb racks from uh, – from uh, Border Springs in Virginia, um, so we're, we're gonna we'll charcoal grill those, and I, I think that we just keep it kind of simple, where it's like, uh, you know, maybe some charred Vidalia onions with it and, and the lamb, 
and then let's do like a board dressing. So we're gonna we're gonna chop some like rosemary and some shallots, and we'll have some like cracked peppercorn in there. What'd you call the dressing? A board dressing. A board dressing. What's so that? What we'll do is we're we're gonna put it on the uh, the cutting board, and we're gonna slice our meat, right? And then with all the juices that drip out, we're gonna baste them over top of the meat, oh. right? So is that a southern it. thing? Cutting board dressing. It's not. Dressing? It's not. I. I uh, Actually, I read it in a book. I can't remember the name of the book, though. That's from Oprah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Book Club. <laughs> and the last course, fifth course. Uh, Does it have to be dessert? Yeah, I, I, I think we need, to st- uh, we need to end with something sweet. But we're, we'll, we'll do something that's not too crazy, uh, crazy sweet. Um, I'm thinking that, I, you know what I love? I love Trace Leche. Trace yeah. Leche cake with, like, coconut whipped cream and, like, uh, like some... Uh, caramelized uh, mango. You're going to get diabetes, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Oh, no way. Whatever, this is a love affair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, let, let's end it with some with the Trace Leches. Uh, I, I don't know what we're going to pair with that. but Well, there's a lot of things out there we can pair with that. All right. Imperial Stouts and, oh, man, there's tons of stuff. Last night we did a beer. Our dessert was paired with Finback Brewing. It's a new place in Queens. They had a session stout. It was called Coasted Toconut. So it was like oh. a, a toasted coconut, you know, hinted chocolate stout. Mm, and uh, things like that. I would say and a, something. And, a, and, yeah. a co- and like a coffee stout. You know, like oh, a really nice coffee Now he's got stout. a pairing. Yeah, now okay. he's got a pairing. Thomas <laughs> only has a pairing for dessert because he likes to eat dessert. So yeah. what? Du de Ciel has a good one? Oh, oh, du de Ciel. Uh, Peche Mortel. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Done. Thomas. Done. Done. I think that's the best likes dessert. That's what he likes. I love that. All right. Now is a more serious question. So, again, for, for our South Carolina chef, uh, it's from at SF Dumpling Lover. It's on Twitter. You can Twitter us. Also, at beer underscore sessions. If you were making a backyard beer can chicken, what type of beer would you use, chef? PBR. <laughs> why? Just use the cheap stuff? Yeah. Why waste exactly. a great beer on? Yeah. What about yellow pills? Like Oscar, Oscar oh, sure. Blues, yellow pills. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yellow, yellow pills it would definitely be a great beer for it, but... But some things like are, it's just tried and true, you know. A, a, a can yeah. of a can of PBR. I can't talk about that in there. <laughs> you can only talk about craft beer. So what else you brought? You brought us Anderson Valley. What was that? Uh, yeah. Would you would you cook a, a beer Hilch. can chicken with a hoppy beer like that? Would you would you use a or Dale's I, Pale Ale or something? Yeah, I, I, I don't know that. I would uh, I would do it more with the the, the yellow pill. So you like just like yeah. a, a watered down beer? Yeah, I, I want something that's a little bit lighter. And so there. why would you put a can of beer? Into a chicken and cook it. Like, what does that do for the the chicken? It, it keeps it nice and moist. Moist, and, yeah. You know, and it it stands it up, so it it kind of becomes uh, more convection. Uh, you know, so it's cooking the chicken all around instead of like on one side. But then, why is it can inside it? Because it evaporates yeah, up it, inside it evaporates of it and keeps it moist into the meat. It it, like it, the, it's like a stand. It, it's like it, a kick. It's disturbing I, you, I, isn't it? I've seen it? those recipes, and I've, I've always wondered whoever made that up. You're imagining yourself <laughs> as that chicken. That's the I, problem. I don't like that. <laughs> a, sick, a sick person. Stop thinking that way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm just getting nervous to learn drinking good beer out of cans. It's funny. You know, it, it, like I've got a big green egg up in Vermont, and, okay. and I, I use it all the time. And I've started um, – I got that – you know the um, the – you can get these, um, mass, these wizard things that control the temperature. You know, it's like this little computer thing that you hook up to your thing. And, okay. and, and so you can constantly monitor it, and, and it puffs air into the fire. At a, uh, oh, it's crazy. Does, and, it, does it text message you, too? It does not text. It, has, it hasn't started communicating <laughs> sure. with me yet, but it sure it will. But I can cook it like 225 degrees 
like with total control in my backyard. So I'm like, you know, cooking everything at a, at a really low temperature. And so the, the, and I always, you know, keep liquids in the, in the pan and they, they last, you know, so I've got this great stock at the end to, you know, that's to make great. a great gravy with and, and the meat, you know, especially like pork hey, shoulder or something that's usually tough. Let's pop the Anderson Valley before we finish let's up. Do it. All right. This is awesome. I got to talk about beer and food in uh, Vermont. So, Tomas, so you, you like desserts, but you, you know you, you you have a cast festival. You think that Toronto's worthy of being good Brazil? You got some some bars up there that you think they're driving the craft beer scene. Bars and breweries, yeah. I think uh, I think people from the U.S. got to come up to Canada every once in a while and try out. Uh, yeah. Eh? Yeah, eh? <laughs> <laughs> and Dave, you too. I mean, we've had outreach from guys in Chicago, Virginia, upstate New York over the years talking about good Brazil. Um, Dave, Vermont, one more time. Tell a couple of the the worthy, you're worthy burger, but worthy good nice. Brazil places in Vermont. Yeah, no, there's uh, Three Penny, obviously, and and uh, Farmhouse Tap and Grill, Prohibition Pig, Cheers. and Blackback, and uh, and Positive Pie. Cheers. So Ch- Chad Rich from Prohibition Pig. Yeah, he was just down this weekend doing the Big he, Apple. He came thing. down for our New York City Brewers Choice he, this year with yes. you guys. Yep, he's been and he. I, I just stopped by on Wednesday and he uh, he bought the building behind him. It's all jacked up in the air, and he's pouring a new foundation. He's putting a brewery in there. Wow! So Pro Pig is going to be this complex. That's one thing. So in places like Toronto and Vermont, you guys, beer bar owners, beer restaurant owners, you're making a difference. You're getting people. Uh, you're, you're actually doing what most people weren't able to do. You know, right? Create a craft beer scene, exactly. Which is what you guys both do. So, well, it helps everybody yeah. everywhere, for real. You know, a few more things. Thomas, one more thing. So, I, I love you, man. You came all the way. You came all the way to New York <laughs> to uh, come on the show because we said we want to talk to you about Toronto beers. And one thing he asked was he wants to have a beer night out. So we're going to go out tonight. First, we're going we're to stick around Roberta's. We're going to check on uh, Patrick Martin's uh, Carnivore Manifesto launch in the backyard. And then where are we going next, Dave? There's some places you had on the list. I think we're going to go to Fool's Gold, Patrick's new place, uh, on the Lower East Side. Just happens to be next to my hotel. <laughs> and, uh, but I've been walking by it the last two days and looking in. I'm going, oh, we've got to get in there. So uh, I think we'll go there. And, and uh, there's a lot of great stuff over in the East Village. And, and I don't, you know, I usually stay around the Tiger. So it's fun for me to go to these new places and, and sort of check out what's going on on the east side. I mean, some of the places we like over there, I mean, I always like Jimmy's number 43. It's my home base. I don't have to pay for beer. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's free. <laughs> but, um, and Proletariat, too, with Corey Proletariat's on awesome. Great St. Mark's. So we, Great we're going to hit a few places over there. Yeah. Going down Lower East Side, uh, Ted Kinney's uh, Top Hops is great. This ABC Beer Co. on uh, Avenue C. Malton Mold, is, it's really a beer shop, Lower East Side. But there's some great places down there now. Yeah. So we're, we're looking for those places. but That's where we're going to be you tonight. You guys are awesome. And thanks. Before the sign-off again, uh, July Good Beer Month is coming out. Uh, one of the signature events is Coney Island on tap. Check it out. July 12th at the uh, Brooklyn Cyclone Stadium in Coney Island. And next week at Jimmy's Number 43, we're Beer Sessions Radio, but we also do cider. And uh, we're hosting a, a very special cider summit. It's called Cider Wick. We've got some of the top cider makers in the Northeast. And they're going to release the, the Real Cider Manifesto next weekend at Jimmy's number 43 so you can check that out and uh, what else do we have to talk about we've got any, my, any my, gigs? all my beer going off tomorrow oh, night with Ka- Catherine and I made a ye old limey at Captain Lawrence about a month ago and it's going off tomorrow at the Tiger so uh, it's our version of a summer ale brown ale with uh, lime essence Thomas are you in town tomorrow I am in town. You, get, you better hit. You Blind better Tiger. come over. Oh, man. And then <laughs> this week, what happened? Ninkasi. So that's a, a West Coast brewery. Everyone's been talking about that. Portland. 
But what what happened? Did, did they come the, to New York or not? They did come eventually. It took a while. They were supposed to. The trucks were supposed to come in on uh, Thursday or Wednesday. Didn't arrive. All kinds of fiascos. Uh, we got some. We got half the beer for yesterday. Today's Tuesday. Yes, yesterday Monday, and the rest is coming eventually. So you, you're going to have some in Casa at Blanc. There's some on right now. Oh, that's great. And then our, our new buddy uh, Brandon Carter, the executive chef, the Inn at Palmetto Buffs. You're our new beer chef, man. Thanks so much for coming That's on and talking pleasure. about pairings. <laughs> and what was this last beer? You poured us at Anderson Valley. Yeah, we, uh, we've got the Anderson Valley uh, Hilcho Hops. It's, it's really nice. All right. It's Val delicious. Allen. It's, it's nice. quite delicious. And Tomas, tell us, when, when is your your next cast day in uh, Toronto? Uh, cast days is happening uh, October 27th, 28th, and 29th. So we should get Jimmy, up there. Jimmy. Yeah. Three days. That's a good time. Yeah, we're going to get up there. All right. We want to bring the U.S. breweries up to Canada this year. We did uh, UK, 30 Firkins from uh, UK last year, and uh, we're hoping to bring uh, some micros from the U.S. up to uh, Toronto this October. So one point of this show is, you know, July Good Beer Month's coming up for New York, but with the Good Beer Seal, we really wanted to reach out to other cities. And, you know, there's Dan Lanigan in Boston. There's guys in Chicago, Virginia, in the south, but definitely Vermont and Toronto. We, we want to talk to you all because this next year what we're going to do is we're going to try to create what is a Good Beer Seal? Is it a Michelin star? Is, is it a community? You know, we really want to support the small, independently owned uh, beer bars across across the country and in Canada, too. So thanks for listening, everybody. Um, I'm going to sign off. We've got some great people behind the show, Jack Inslee. Uh, Maggie Seiden and Justin Kennedy are our producers. Thanks for joining me here on the Heritage Radio Network. Dave Tomas, Brandon, and uh, everybody else. So cheers. We'll see you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.